first week of the finals, we've had two cracking qualifying finals, two cracking elimination finals. Two teams have gone home or back into quarantine, I guess, if you're over in Perth. How are you going tonight, Tom? Obviously fantastic. Uh, enormously good weekend of footy. Um, off the top, I could give you, a, not, not my stat of the week, but a great stat. This round was the closest round, uh, first week of finals we've ever seen. So total of 35 points uh, across the whole week. If you add them together, it's never been as close. So every game it was up for grabs in the last three to four minutes. It's never been so close with four games. Yeah, in the sorry, first yeah, four games of the first week. If I'm correct, That's right. and also we've got shorter quarters, don't we? Does that contribute a little bit? Contributes, but look, it, it they were all you know game in the balance. As I said, three to five minutes to go, so you you can't ask much more than that. Particularly if you look at the home and away games, uh, basically none of them were close. Um, Eagles smashed the pies, Cats smashed the power, Tigers smashed the Lions, and the Saints smashed the Dogs. Uh, obviously. Uh, get to the Saints but all the others reversed and, and close so no nah, fantastic round of footy and a great way to start uh, the finals that we had to wait so long for yeah that uh, that pre-finals buy is not doing anyone any favours I don't think in terms of momentum um, but you like let's there's an elephant in the room you are there's a, there's a wagon you, in the room and, and there's room for you on it too mate if, if you want to jump on it, it was well it was very Saints like if, if you let me go on this in that they really made us earn it. I know every Saints fan that's listening and some that might have turned off now because of the Saints talk, but just give me uh, give me one here. Um, you know, that, that last quarter, I was on the, the legit edge of my seat, didn't move. There was swearing, there was yelling, there was everything. We, we held on, uh, dare I say, maybe in the regular season, you know, a couple more minutes, who knows. But we, we gritted our teeth, you know, especially in a year where we've you know, had a few games where we've been way out in front and been chased down. Um, it was great to hold on. Um, obviously, I'm trying to be unbiased here, but I think we deserve to win the game. I think we played a good brand. I think we've still got room for improvement, but geez, yeah, a fantastic win. I, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that one, Seb. I've got no doubt about that. Uh, the, the Saints almost did everything they could to throw that away at the end. Yeah, look, we there were plays during that game where I thought, geez, we, we've broken a few, and we'll get to this, the, the footy basics, you know, kicking across the corridor and just taking some risks. And for three quarters, most of them worked. I guess in the last, it really tightened up. I know in the first half, we only had 10 tackles, so we really had to get that contested part of our game going. And I think, yeah, the Bulldogs sort of wrestled a bit of that momentum. Um, you know, a, a couple of dubious, might, might, I might say, free kicks. Some there, some not, uh, going their way. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You've won the final and still the umpiring, you're taking issue with the umpiring. You've won it. True, but I'm, I'm just going off in, the, in that last quarter, you know, I think yeah, they, a couple from free kicks, but that's not what it's about here. Uh, look, we held on, some great play from our youngsters in the back line. I think that was a point I had last week. Nick Caulfield, he stood up. Dougal Howard, he stood up. Max King up forward. Uh, we'll get to that later. But, um, yeah, look, uh, yeah, I don't want to go to the umpiring because that, that, that was only a small part of it. We, we gritted our teeth and we, we came out with the gutsy win. So, look, I'm smiles all round. Going to be interesting against Richmond, obviously, yeah, big show. We're going to cover that later as well and a few injuries. But a uh, fantastic game and a fantastic Saturday for me. Yeah, no, look, it, it, it was great for the Saints faithful to see that and get up and and some of the, 
the word I'm hearing is the lid's off. We can we can do it. We can march all the way to to that last Saturday in October. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Look, there's, in, no, there's no reason you can't. In, in my circles, I'm getting a lot of that Bulldogs 2016 vibe. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep a lid on it. You might not agree, but I am trying to keep a lid on it week by week. But yeah, it was fantastic. After after such a long time out of finals and, and saluting in fa- in finals, I've got to say uh, to the Essen fans out there, you should try it. It's fantastic winning a final. Uh, highly recommend it. Uh, there's a little drive-by to just start us off. But uh, yeah, Saints footy, it, it was fantastic. And uh, I'm looking forward to Friday night. That is very good. It was very good to see that for the. Are you happy? Are you the, happy with the, that? The that faithful. wasn't too bad for me. I've tried to just tone it down. If you, if we did this podcast Saturday night, I don't think it would have been like this. I'll be honest. I was. I reckon you would have slurred your words ever so slightly <laughs> after a couple of celebratory drinks. Now, one thing I noticed with three out of the four games, the team with more scoring shots lost. Yeah, there's but, a good one. I don't know. I, I don't I know saw how that that's going to reflect Thursday, next week. But yeah, I, the other game with the other two, yeah. Yep, yeah, Saints and and Collingwood won with more scoring shots. So that'll be interesting. Uh, so we've now got six teams left in the race for the for the ultimate glory, uh, and we're just going to we're just going to give you some power rankings, and that's sort of how I would rank them in terms of likelihood to win the flag. Yep. I'm just going to go one to six. I'm going to quarter well, one. Oh, you're going straight off the top one to six. All right, one, one to, to six. No count yeah, down we're talking here. Best Porter one. You've got them. That was they they dismantled Geelong. So you, you trust them now because um, that that was the worry. I guess Port. You know they obviously finished on top of the ladder, but people had their doubts. There were a few rungs down on the betting. Uh, they came into that one, and, and you've got them. You you're you're on them. You've got trust. I in them. think if you roll you roll back about five or six episodes, we gave our grand final predictions, and I had Port there. I think you'll no, find no, I, I, I agree time. with that. So you you still had with them. West Coast two, so that wasn't so good, but. Um, Look, they needed to... That was sort of a monkey off the back game for whichever team won that. Yeah, definitely. If Geelong won it, monkey off the back. They've got the fight. They're through to the prelim. Um, it primed to go forward. And if Port got it off, look, you can trust them. That's the biggest game they'll play all year against a team that dismantled them and had sort of a... I thought they had the game plan to beat them in terms of... Uh, um, keep uh, Charlie Dixon having to go up against two or three defenders. So Porter number one for me, clear number one. Brisbane number two yeah, to beat good. Richmond. That's breaking a hoodoo. Um, they really outplayed them, and full credit to them. So look, I'm not, I'm not, uh, not reinventing the wheel here. The two teams that won the qualifying by one and two. Yeah, no, that, look, that's fair. And I'll, I'll give a shout out to uh, Lockie Neal, who at quarter time I was real worried about his, you know, reputation with the season. Um, you know, he was leading Brownlow favourite and he hadn't touched it at all. But he, to his credit, I mean, that goal was huge that he kicked uh, after those uh, consecutive 50-metre penalties and, and he really came back into the game in a big way. But, yeah, very. I was, yeah, I'm with you. I, I've got a one and two. I reckon you've got it spot on. You're talking about the goal he tried not to kick or he gave the handball to Daniel Rich running through? True, but if Rich calls, you've got to give, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, you do. You do. Um, can't sort of blame him there, given Rich kicked a very similar one earlier. Um, so number three, I'd have Richmond. And I'd only have them ahead of Geelong because Geelong have just got this monkey that's just growing. It's like a gorilla yeah, on the back of the moment. It's a gorilla. Um, and I think the Richmond would have... I, I just think, given their finals experience, they're, they're not going to worry about dropping one, whereas Geelong might have that in the back of their head, having dropped one... Geez, we don't want to drop two, and that that might offset them. So Richmond three, 
Geelong four because I still think they're far better than either of the two elimination final winners. Um, this got a little bit tougher, and look, I'd have Collingwood play better footy. Where Collingwood are going to fall down this week is they're doing the hardest road trip in the AFL. They're going from Perth to Brisbane. It sucks. It- West Coast struggle with it year on year on year on year. And we all keep saying travel doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But you find doing that trip will really find them unstuck. So I think they're going to get absolutely pummeled this week. Um, so I'd have Collingwood 5th, Daylight 6th and Kilda 7th. Oh, Daylight, that's harsh. When you said Collingwood playing a different brand, I think you find the Saints played. Uh, I disagree with you there. I think we pay a better brand than them. But... Um, you know, their, their ability to guts out a game like we saw on the weekend is probably more advanced than ours, so just on that point. But to, to fly into Perth and beat a raging oh, that, that, West Coast Eagles... This might not be this versus, might be overstating it, but I think that's almost the biggest upset we've seen since the 99 prelim in a final. It'd be up there. It'd have to be up, be there. up there. Everything was against the Pies. I'll, I'll give them full credit. I, I mean, I, I said, you know, they'd be in it three and a half quarters and then West Coast would kick away and it definitely looked like that was going to be the case but geez, they guts it out with a couple of not even half chance goals quarter chance goals but you've got to take your opportunities and yeah that, that's a famous win for them in their history really in their modern day history at least yeah I'd look I'd say Hawthorne beating Geelong yeah actually yeah. was a bigger that's, upset that's probably fair but but what about when the Dogs went to Perth in 2016 to beat the Eagles so, coming off a grand final solid but you throw in the quarantine, and I think this one, this one puts it ahead. Maybe the dogs against the giants. That that was a fair, fair upset. That one as well. Um, but look, it, it's up there with the with the classic upsets of uh, well September October finals footy. So yeah, if you're if you're a Pies fan, you would have been absolutely loving it. And if you're thinking of me slurring after the Saints win, imagine the Pies after that one. I think they would have given that one a fair go. But yeah, that that was super impressive from them. That that's probably. I mean, it was a weekend of standout results with great stories, but that's probably top of the stories, really. So, look, I can't argue with your order there. I think it's fair. Um, I don't mind the Saints at six, backs against the wall. Maybe we'll do a pies, who knows. But, no, look, I think that's fair. You, you can't argue with that. Interesting one with the teams that lose the qualifying and the teams that win their elimination, <coughs> I guess, before the pre-finals by... Uh, it was pretty cut and dry. Teams bounce back and win, but we've seen since the uh, the bye that it ne- it hasn't necessarily gone that way, and we've seen a lot more straight sets exits with the bye than we did before. So I'll be interested if when we get to our underdog tipping, if we, uh, we think it can go that way later on. Yeah, is that is that a result of the bye, or is that just a result of the competition becoming a little bit more even? Look, it's it's probably a case of both. I think maybe just it tying to the bye probably might sway your thinking. But yeah, I think the competition's got easier. I guess, you know, this year, um, uh, you know, it was probably a top five. The West Coast, you know, at, in, at different stages, they were looking like a lock for the top four. I mean, we had them in our granny. So, you know, they were fifth. So they could have been top four if, uh, you know, James Rowbottom gets a snap in that last minute in that Cats game in the last round. So... Yeah, I'm with you. That that's probably a factor as well. Um, but yeah, just just interested to see how that pans out coming into the semi-final week. But um, hundred <laughs> uh, to jump into the next one, I guess 
were we were considering going you know, through the games here, but I, I think it, it might be better just to just to just dial it back a little bit. And one thing I noticed from the weekend's footy was that doing the basics well in finals is just where you've got to start with your uh, your game plan. So there, there were a few things that you and I both noticed in this round, Seb, to do with the basics and how they panned out in this first week of finals. Yeah, there are. When it comes down to it, it's a such a pressure situation that players, the players that tend to do all the out and out, freakish stuff, they can often go missing in a final because it's hard, it's tough. You just got to go in there and just get it and do it. Um, and so some of the basics, just if your players can do that well, they can just have an impact. And sometimes it's not as much as having an impact as it is just playing and and doing something. Yeah famous John Kennedy yeah. thing. don't think do do something um, and so like for example the tall blokes do not get any smaller right, so it, as the game goes on a tall bloke will still be a tall bloke it, it is, it's a classic of footy uh, and there were just it, I mean it was almost a, the tall blokes round of finals I, I picked out plenty of names uh, out of this first week that, that impressed me I guess uh, as a former ruckman myself I guess maybe I'm biased but um I love it when the big blokes perform, and especially on this big stage. I mean, Port Adelaide's a rock combo of Lysette and Laddams. I think they really, really got on top, and they set up Port. Even Trent McKenzie, who you wouldn't necessarily call a big bloke. I mean, yes, Tomahawk kicked five points and probably should have kicked maybe three goals two or even four goals two himself. But, look, he, he gets the chocolates just because he kept Tomahawk goalless. Uh, big Oscar McInerney, the big... Uh, big O at Brisbane. Geez, he slotted that one brilliantly from uh, 50. That was impressive. Uh, Paddy Ryder, massive loss for the Saints, but he was huge. He was probably best on ground. Max King had an awesome first half and took some real big clunks and contested grabs. Uh, Rowan Marshall at the end there. Dougal Howard, he was an intercept machine. And then over in uh, WA, geez, Brody Majacek put on his display in that last quarter. And even Darcy Cameron, I'll give props to. I mean, he was taking centre bounces there with um, you know the big pressure on and Nick Nat coming the other way and, and he held his ground so a massive massive week for the big blokes and none of these blokes got any shorter that's for damn sure yeah I think I think the loss of Paddy Ryder will almost give the Saints no chance this week because <laughs> we save it for save it for the up, upset tipping surely oh, we can go into the reasoning there but he was so good but one of the ways St Kilda were going to attack Richmond was the combo of Paddy Ryder and Rowan Marshall just working? I mean, look, it, I'll be honest, it was our um, trump card. I mean, yeah. And Curvis. Oh, oh, no, sorry. You. No, no. You, sorry, we're talking Saints. I forget. <laughs> it's all from you. No, no, I was going to say Come that on, was our trump, trump card. card. And, uh, English was, uh, yeah, he needed some help, really. That that was, well, that, that was what we were thinking coming in. That was a battle that was going to decide that game. So I'm, I'm with you there. And Nan Curvis waiting, you reckon? Yeah, well, what what I think will happen is Soldo will go out to bring Tom Lynch back in, and then Curvis is going to have to ruck more or less one out, which will give would have given the Saints a bigger advantage. Now, it's back more to level pegging, and I think against the reigning premiers, you're going to need every sort of edge you can get. Um, sorry, Saints fan, I won't. Jeez, pop pop out, I won't bring it up at all. Twenty minutes in, jeez. Nah, that, that's all good. Well, yeah, look, well, let's keep an eye on that one moving forward, but. Yeah, he was massive. Um, the ability just to take... Uh, and um, all these big blokes I've mentioned, the ability just to take that relieving mark down the line, I mean, that's another thing in the finals, just that 
that get out kick it just eases the pressure on your team uh, at the other end I guess we've talked high now I'm talking down low keeping your feet it is a, it's the first lesson of football keep your feet I think 4101 yeah, 4101 and there I don't I, look obviously a few night games but there were blokes not going the long stops and slipping out all over the place and maybe I'm going to take aim early here at Geelong the, the, the cats were struggling to keep their feet at times uh, you know Tigers Lions as well even yeah on um, Saturday over in WA as well just just keeping your feet and, and not getting yourself out of the contest there was a fair bit of over committing I guess in that heat of finals footy and just you know going head head first at the ball but then losing your footing and then you're out of the contest so that, that's one to keep an eye out on I guess throughout September uh, September uh, throughout October um, but yeah it, it's the first lesson in footy it is you, you see a lot of players who just I reckon in the back of their head they can see that they know the coaches are watching the balls there it's there to be one so they're going to commit as hard as they can and they just run and go bang you watch the out and out stars, and Nat Fife's one who we didn't mention yeah, last week in the top five mids, and yeah, probably should have. So apologies, yeah, definitely in that conversation. He'll just run through, and he might dive on it, but he'll, he'll go to ground with the view I'm going to stand up straight away, or he'll just keep his feet and just keep working. And oh, players might come in, go to ground, and, and hit the contest, and it might spill to the next one. But he'll just move on to the next one. Um, exactly. I mean, so will it, yeah, like the likes of Ablett. Ablett's done this. Sometimes I wonder, is he just getting old or is he just getting really, really smart? Because he just won't go to ground. And sometimes it's like, Gary, just go and get it. But he's just sort of watching, waiting. Danger's one who absolutely goes full bore, hard as he can. Um, So I know you don't like him. This is probably sort of selfish. He's trying to make the cameras focus on him diving on the ball. But he goes hard as he can and and can take himself out of some contest. But... um, yeah, I think a lot of the time it's the players thinking I've just got to go as hard as I absolutely can for my teammates and that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to dive on it. And yeah, it can take them out of contests where some of the best efforts and I think back to, I don't know why, but the 2011 grand final where Travis Barco had three efforts down yeah, that wing oh, that was... to kick one of the great grand final goals. That was just, just staying in it, keep yeah. your feet, keep working. Um that was a famous win for the Cats. Definitely. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, even that last play, I guess, over in WA, uh, West Coast, I mean, it, it looked like it could have been a repeat of the uh, down the wing. McGovern takes the mark down back, plays on. But they, I know the clock was ticking, but they really overcommitted in the middle, you know, led to that, you know, that uh, smother. Um, and, and, yeah, they, they lost it there. So keeping your feet so important. Now, the other one that is part of your, your finals makeup is just sticking your tackles. That is, you can't go much further than that, I guess. Particularly the uh, qualifying finals, um, I, you know, they obviously top four. They're a step up, but geez, there were some monster tackles from all, all four sides in those, but huge. And just being able to stick those tackles is just making such a difference. I think um, one that stood out, I guess, was you know Danger. He got barreled into by a couple of Port Port Adelaide players there, and even you know you saw Dane Zorko who sort of missed a few early, but got his back, way back into the game. Through, through tackling I mean it was yeah it, it's just that ability just to wrap them up hold them up get that ball up or get that free kick or get that stoppage and, and the teams that do it usually win the teams that haven't done it this round have you know been on the receiving end of a defeat so that's just another footy basics just sticking your tackles Do you reckon players are ever wary of if they stick them too well they could get suspended for accidental contact to the head 
through no fault of their own? Um, no, I, don't, I actually don't think it's a consideration. I, I don't think they're going to go, oh, how do I tackle him? Maybe in the home and away there might be an element of that, but I think in finals it's it's just gung-ho and, and hit that hard and make sure I stick it, I think, would be just the thinking. What do you reckon? I'll give you a question without notice then. Why do we suspend players for it? Yeah, look, it's pretty... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's a bit of confusing messaging there. Um, maybe... It's play, like it's player safety. I get why they're doing it, but if it's not going to have an impact on players not doing it through the finals, like I guess they've got the finals loading. Is it double uh, double demerits yeah, as they say? It's usually the granny that gets the just the grand yeah, final that gets it. Not the finals, but maybe. Look, I, I just I think it's slowly creeping in. Players know they can't sling them too hard. They can't bury them too hard, and there are probably times where they might be on the fence about doing it or not doing it. And if you are just off that little half a percent, the player can break the tackle, kick a goal. So Yeah, that that would be in their thinking, not I'm going to make sure this bloke's tackled and he's okay. Yeah, well, I reckon, I reckon they've been... They're slowly training their brains to just have look after your colleague as probably the AFL's trying to put it. Um, but I reckon we're going to see just some tackles where they're not quite finished off properly. And that I re- it's because they're worried about getting suspended. I mean, to go back to it, the poor Saint that got suspended. Well, yeah, I was going to bring this up. Um, it's been upheld. Benny, Benny Long, I guess. I mean, he probably should have tackled in that instance and, and maybe his prior record played a role. But that was, yeah, one, I guess, where, you, where that duty of care wasn't in place. And, you know, McRae was probably lucky he didn't get... Uh, cleaned up and knocked out um, but yeah here's one for you Saints fans listening That that's a rod, isn't it how is that high impact if you played out the game and yet other times players have been knocked out and it's medium impact well yeah that, that's we the, that is the point that we keep getting stuck on is just the medical report I guess well in this case I guess that was ignored so I am scratching my head at that but you know usually that is taken into account but yeah if you play out of the game it's just probably high contact I think he's pretty stiff he's a bit of a loss I mean that that's part of that finals atmosphere is that presence but yeah look he's stiff and they continue to be inconsistent I know that that bothers you match review lottery (laughs) it's a lottery Um, what's that now three changes the Saints need to make you've got yeah, yeah, uh, Ryder. Carlisle's gone home and yep. Ryder's hurt. Yep. But uh, you, you might find we've got a bit of depth, so we, we can get into that uh, in the in the semi-final previews, if you like, but, but look, we'll recover. We are coming from number six on your list, after all, but uh, we'll, we'll see how we go with that. Um, but sort of daylight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but look, one, one thing I guess out of these out of this round as well that might be worth considering, and this might be uh, travelling back in time to back in the old days of the Channel Ten coverage. But with these close games, do you want to see a return of the count up clock in finals? The uh, the old five minute warning, and then you, it's just you know twenty whatever minute it, it's up to, and, and we wait till the end. Do you think that would have, would have added to this fantastic weekend of footy? I'm very surprised it hasn't been brought back because it enhances the coverage and that's a big deal for the broadcasters. I personally don't really have an interest either way um, because at home... At home, you don't have that feeling. Um, You can sort of... Look, 
it's certainly more intense, but it's not it's not a big deal for me that it's not there and, and you just sort of watch the last few seconds unfold. If you know there's a minute left, it's still just as tense as if you don't know how long's left. Um, I guess maybe you're just feeling a bit more what the players are feeling when they don't know, but I think we all know they now know just how long's yeah, left. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, if we went to the count up, they're going to have their own clocks on the boundary anyway, so they'll know, I reckon. Yeah, I think you think if you really need that, go to the games. Yeah, yeah, no, that fair point. Look, I guess you know when we look at some of the classics that had that count up clock. I guess a couple of those Sydney West Coast finals, it, it worked oh, beautifully for those. In most overrated games of football in history, tight tussles. But uh, look, <laughs> I, I I could see it either way. I'm like you. I guess I'm on the fence too. I guess with my Saints hat back on it would have been absolutely horrendous not knowing how long was left. I was counting down each second, so I was very thankful for the clock. But then, yeah, two on the other foot and not my team. I'm watching the pies, and, you know, that would have been... Uh, it probably would have enhanced it, to be honest, that, that little last part of that last quarter. But, um, yeah, look, I guess the broadcasters just want that control. They don't want to have that unknown for their commentators, I guess, as well. So... Yeah, look, it really rests with them, but I just thought with this close round, particularly, I mean, probably, yeah, every game, it would have been up for grabs when that five-minute warning ticked over, so maybe maybe that would have added, I guess, yeah, you just need those close games. I want to move on to something that has bugged you, and usually it's Tom takes aim, but this week we're going to flip the script a bit and go with Seb takes aim, so you've got something in your sights, Seb. Well, I think it's no secret I disagree with a lot of the management decisions made by the AFL. <laughs> and I, um, I believe it's more of a VFL allowing the other states to play. Now, over the recent years, and there's, there's a team in Richmond, and there's a team in Geelong who have been subject to this, whereby Geelong have finished higher on the ladder, but have not been allowed to play the game at skilled stadium, GMHBA as it's known now uh, because we could get more fans in if we bring the game to the MCG so they have to play all their finals there Richmond being the lower ranked side get to play the final at home where they play better rather than having to travel up to Geelong and it's just been accepted it gets accepted by footy fans because it's better for footy and we want it at the MCG because the MCG is the only place you can play footy so Richmond get this, this little advantage Mind you, they played 13 in a row to win their last premiership. 13 games in a row at home. Now, they got to nominate between Metricon and the Gabba this week. They're playing your St Kilda Saints, and they picked Metricon, the smaller ground. Why was that a choice? Why wouldn't they have to play it at the larger ground? I get you can pick what state, because you, um, you get to pick your home final, but once you pick the state, surely you have to play at the bigger ground. Saints have got a three-hour bus trip. Who knows what could go wrong on that bus? It's a bit of sabotage. Someone uh, just gets the tyre on the way. Who knows? On a little side note, you did mention last week that the bomb was going to kick one, and he almost could have. So that that did keep me awake at night. Don't give me this bus to add to it. But, yeah, look, I'm just as puzzled as you. I, th- I think, particularly as we've seen in finals, it, Queensland is the state, and the Queensland games are played at the Gabba. I was stunned that Metricon was even put up as an option and more stunned that it got up. Uh, don't, yeah, I'm with you. The Tigers have some sort of magic wand with the AFL when it, when it comes to this stuff. Uh, and, you know, I guess they've picked it because their base is closer and they're six and zip at Metricon. But 
you know, yeah, like you say, just just head on down to the Gabba. That's that's where all the finals are being played. I mean, if you're thinking ahead, maybe you want to play at the Gabba because that's where the big dance is. So I'm puzzled. Yeah, like you, multiple ways. I can't believe they got away with it, and I don't know what they're thinking with that one. They should have said Adelaide and gone and played at the Adelaide Oval. Because if they beat you, that's where they'll play the week after. Yeah, that... that... They could have tried to hub up there, but maybe the AFL wasn't going to pay for that. Um, I can give you one little reason. There's a little rumour. A little reason as to why I think they're allowed to do it. Part of your your investigation of uh, of this Gill-led AFL we mentioned last week. Yeah, look, I'm hearing hearing the AFL's handing out free tickets in Queensland because people are not interested in the game up there. I'd shake my head at that. Greatest sport in the world. What are you doing, Queenslanders? Get involved. Well, that's what happened with the Commonwealth Games in Melbourne and I think also in Queensland. They just give out tickets so they get people in the stands. Well, fair for, for the Commonwealth Games, maybe, which... <laughs> not potting the Commonwealth Games. Great great uh, sporting tradition. But, uh, you know, this is, this is finals football. Yeah, I'd have to check. I haven't got that source verified, but... If, if if that's true, then of course the AFL doesn't care about getting a crowding because they're not making any money off either way. Um, I just think it's very hypocritical of the AFL, which I guess you might think I should have known. Like That's the AFL being consistent because they're hypocritical in every <laughs> facet of the game. And here, I don't, do they hate Geelong? Like, they suspend Tomahawk every year for nothing. Geelong aren't allowed to play a home final because we'll get more fans in at the MCG, but Richmond can play wherever the hell they damn please. Well, maybe, uh, look, maybe Frank Costa's ruffled some feathers over the years and Brendan Gale hasn't, but, you know, they're, they're sort of the big wigs at each club. But, yeah, look, I, I'm puzzled by this one. It, it, and it's not just, yeah, bobbed up this year. It, it is a, almost a trend. But Every year it gets talked about. Ironically, the last final they got to play at uh, Cardinia Park, the Dockers rolled them quite handsomely if I recall correctly yeah true and, and just a little side point as well about Metricon it's a bit funny that Tom Lynch is going to play a final there before his son's teammates that is very <laughs> ironic I hadn't thought he of that gets, gets and then is Prestia playing yeah Prestia as well maybe Caddy might come back yeah. as well and they'll uh, get, oh no nah, 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 he's probably coming a fair while back nah. I should also cool. point out though that the, the small sport NRL they, they are well known for giving out tickets so I guess maybe it's just something in that part of the world um, but yeah Queenslanders if you're listening get get involved it is the great sport so get get yourself a ticket if they're going let's talk uh, two teams have had their year finished We've got the Dogs and the Eagles. We'll go go the Doggies first in terms of our ranking system. 1 to 10. 10 being they've had an excellent season by their pre-season expectations. 1 being they've had a terrible season, a la your Hawthorne Hawks. You, you called them out as having a 1. Was I the only one that uh, gave a 1? Or you, you, no, you gave the Dons 1, didn't you? Yeah, I did, because they were talking flag. They were talking flag. <laughs> but I'm not here to rain yeah, on the dogs. We've got to stop plenty, doing that. plenty of time for that. Uh, the dogs, look, it's a hard one. They finished seventh last year. The official finishing position this year will now be eighth. Uh, look, I, I'd have them at a six. They got back to the finals. But they haven't won a final since they won the 2016 Grand yeah. Final. And that is an indictment on a team that had all these young players and they were just going to keep getting better and better. And they dropped off. And that can happen. 
but they have not been able to reach those heights. And they've played such inconsistent footy all year that it's been so hard to get a read on them. So I'd say a 6 out of 10, purely because they made the finals. When they missed the finals, it would have been a 4 or 5, 4.5 maybe. Yeah, well, look, I was considering that with my score. I gave them a 5.5 just because I think I think I gave, you know, the D's and a few other teams a five. And, you know, yeah, you, you make the finals. But, I mean, coming in, they they were a top four tip. They had a lot going for them. They restructured with a couple of bookends at either end and Keith and Bruce. And, and you know, with their midfield, it, it was, yeah, top four was re- extremely realistic. But I'm with you. They were just wildly inconsistent. They'd get on rolls, you know, good and bad. Just not stringing together any sort of consistency month to month. Um you know, and, and yeah, just I guess with the players they had, I really think they should have done a lot better. I, I'm really worried about their forward line going forward. I guess we, we really didn't see enough of uh, Josh Shackey. I think they need him to, to get going if he's the high draft pick that he, he came in. And um, look, Josh Bruce was a, was a great, you know, he did some great work for the Saints, but he was always, I guess, your second fiddle. Uh, he had Rewalt and then, dare I say, uh, Tim Membry, or as my partner calls him, Palm Tree, with those tats. Uh, Tim, Timmy Membry in there. He, um, you know, he, he was the gun there. So he's always sort of been a number two, but he's never. Now he's stepped into the dogs, and they had him as number one. You know, he was the man down there, and and he doesn't usually do that for a side. And apart from six against you, your Roo boys, he he kicked only about eight for the year, and played the whole year. So. What did you make of him grabbing his jumper when he snagged the first one? I just, I was, I wasn't happy. I might have swore at the TV. <laughs> I wasn't happy with that because I don't get it. I guess you you do that if you know the, it's a couple of years with the dogs. I guess you know he, you know, yes, we wanted to get rid of him, but you, he had to walk as well, so wasn't wasn't highly controversial. So yeah, that that did sting, but. Yeah, and, and he made up for it giving away that free kick. Like, yeah, that's little, little, he felt bad about the jumper pulling. Gave so one back. He gave one back at the end there. Thanks, Brucey. But yeah, look, Alex Keith had a good year. Not not his best final, but he had he had a good year. But uh, and you know, some good things. Caleb Daniel, Australian, and McRae, Good to see him in there. He's he's always underrated. But um, you know, Josh Dunkley, he dropped off as well. And um, you know, I. I we talk about not winning finals since 2016. I think, you know, Johannesson, he, he is a gun when he can get up and about, but he just can't do it week to week. So, yeah. It's the first rookie-listed player to win the Norm Smith. There, yeah, well, there you go. And well-deserved. And that, you know, one of the great uh, grannies from him in his career. But, yeah, you know, they just couldn't really get that consistency. So I'm wondering what they do going forward. But, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to give them that sort of five and a half. Uh, rating and, and your six, I think that they're fair. Beautiful Eagles. I, I'm umming and ahhing, and there's a big part of me that wants to give them a four out of ten because they are m- capable of so much more than what they produced to finish the year. Yep. Um, they should have finished top four. I think they dropped the game late. I think they lost to the Dogs in the game they really shouldn't yeah. have. They win that. They finish top four. They have a double chance. They're playing next week. They still should have beaten the Pies. Isn't like yeah. Collingwood just got themselves right up for that, and and now West Coast have to quarantine for seven days. I think. And I'll tell you, you that know, stinks the for us. The emergencies who didn't even play, and they've got to join their teammates in uh, in that one. Yeah, yeah. So, look, I think I still have to give them a five. They made the finals. That's a, a sort of a pass mark, I guess. 
you know, C, C plus sort of year. Um, but I just think the 2018 Premiers, they're capable of so much more. They added Tim Kelly in this year. They should have been firing on all cylinders. They just weren't clicking. They got into their own heads, admittedly, at the start of the season going into that hub. Um, and I think they played that completely wrong. I think by their own admission, they played it wrong. But I actually think, and then uh, a West Coast man who's got his ear close to the ground told me that he reckons they should have not only embraced the hub this year, they should actually come back to the AFL and ask for a hub every year to have four weeks in Melbourne early in the year. And if they can just come in, get their heads right, bank three wins, two to three wins, and then have that run of games in the back half of the year at home to sort of get some momentum, that would be a really good way for them to counteract the whole travel every two weeks. Yeah, um, and I just th- I, I think they could have used the hub as a good opportunity at the start of the year, and, and they just haven't really been able to recover from that to get themselves back where they should have been just based on their list um, and the ability on that list. Um, I do want to shout out Oscar Allen, who is a star. Yeah. I think he'll be captain of that club one day. Out and out star. Yeah, look, I'm with you on that. I reckon he's a gun. I guess, yeah, on the weekend when he kicked that goal, I thought he's bringing the, bringing the boys with him, celebrated and, and got, got his teammates going. Obviously, they didn't get over the line, but, yeah, he was fantastic. But, yeah... I feel harsh here because when I was thinking of my score, I, I was umming and ahhing about the five being an average. I just had my head screaming four and a half. I went under. I think they came in. You, you look at their list. You look at, I guess, you know, Optus over there, and, and there really wasn't any excuses from that point of view. I mean, they've got a fantastic list across every single line. They've got depth on every single line. Yeah, they've got a great ground over there. I know they didn't get to use it as much as they wanted to, but um, you know, the, the, you really top eight at minimum for them. And you know, they should have been aiming for top. Well, they were aiming for top two, and they didn't get there. I'm with you. I think the hub thing was a was a disaster at the start of the year. I think they just just did not embrace it at all. Basically, the opposite of Port Adelaide, who did, and they walked out of there tail between their legs and a couple of bad losses against, you know, the sort of the Suns and the Power and, and the Lions, obviously good teams in the end, but um, you know, and then they've flown back over to the safety of WA and strung together some probably some of the best football we saw for the year, but then just like last year, I think you remember last year they, they lost to the Hawks late and it derailed their finals campaign, they slipped out of the fourth, they did it again this year it's just that concentration but just that motivation I guess maybe maybe with the 2018 in their in their heads they've, they've cruised a bit I know that has come up a lot from West Coast fans that I've seen bringing up 2018 when they lost on the weekend they seem to refer to past glories more than most but um, yeah look you bring in Tim Kelly you know with, into that midfield and with Josh Kennedy still kicking goals I mean yes he had a few injury queries but he still kicked a few plenty so did Darling they found one in Oscar Allen. I'm with you on that. Even down back, Liam Duggan and, and Nelson back there. Um, you know, Shepard, he was All-Australian as well. But really, on paper, you'd say this is a top-four team, yet they fell short and they just lost the unlosable final. So, yeah, I'm harsh on West Coast. Four and a half. They, they'll be disappointed with this year, I think. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt they'll be disappointed. Um and if their government had have uh, done the right thing with the AFL, they'd have, be having a grand final over there in Perth in three weeks. But I digress. That'll probably never happen. This was their one and only <laughs> yeah, chance, given it's contracted out for the next 600 years. Um, but let's... Well, I think that's fair. Um, 
yeah, they had a lot to play for this year, and the list demographic doesn't say good things about West Coast. They're not going to drop off the cliff by any means next year, but they they don't have five or six years left to be keep being around that mark on the ladder. They've they've got players who are just going to be slowly on the way out. Yeah, um, particularly that can be managed well, but they're just the, the list profile is on the back. Probably on the back six to use a golf. Yeah, that's not bad. You get you get around for a round or two in there, Seb. Oh, I don't think I've played around for sixteen years. Oh well, there you go. Any any golfing offers out there on uh, on the, on the feedback twelve rows back uh, and twelve rows back at gmail.com as well, which leads us to the next segment. We've got the mailbag. We've got two ripping questions. I'm going to start with one from a twelve rows back regular. In DJ with two wise broadsword. Jeez, he, he runs hot on our mailbox, doesn't he, old uh, DJ BS? Yep, yep. He starts off, go pies. You, Sebastian, naming me directly, Jeez. were very quick to write off mighty black and white. I think he means the mighty black and white. My God, they were impressive. Kudos to Thomas for at least acknowledging the quality of the pies. Seeing this brilliant display, how do you think they will fare against the Cats? What is the chance of us going all the way? Looking forward to your black and white analysis and a minimal intrusion of any black, red and white analysis. There's no promises um, there. So that's obviously directed directly at you. I'm happy to double down. I'm happy to absolutely double down. If Mason Cox kicks three goals like that in this game, I'll jump in my pool in the middle of the night and there'll be about Two degrees yeah, in that pool. Not warm, that pool, I've heard. No, it's not clean at the moment <laughs> yeah. either. So it won't be fun. But they went out, all full credit to them. They went, they, they came, they saw, they conquered. But that was their grand final. Mason played out of his skin. Last time he played out of his skin, he did absolutely nothing the following week. Yeah, there's a bit of um, a trend there, I think. Brody Majacek slotting that left goal on his left foot under all sorts of pressure. He can't do it. Like, they just can't do some of these things again and they'll regress back yeah, to the mean. That's, that's it. They, they were the quarter chances, you know, the one out of ten pot, they pot shots and they went in. Full credit for taking your opportunity, but, yeah, I'm with you there. Is it lightning in a bottle almost? Yeah, I think you'll find it was 12 goals four to 11 goals nine. I'm just going to confirm that. Yeah, they were the scores. Yep. So that's 20 scoring shots to 16. Not a huge discrepancy, but that's 12 goals for accurate kicking. And that, if you can do it every week, that's great. You'll win finals. But they're going to have to do the longest road trip in footy, which I've already talked about. That's going to take a lot out of them after having to quarantine over there. And they're just going to regress back to the mean. They still might play well, but they're playing bloody good side in Geelong. Yeah, who who are licking their wounds and and really really just looking to put in a, a, a performance there. I mean, I, I do see a bit of potential in in the pies in that Brody Grundy probably had uh, a, a, you know minimal minutes by his usual standards. I mean, there was some yeah, as I mentioned before, some some crazy centre squares where he wasn't involved. Um, he sort of almost eased his way through that game. I mean, some of his tackling, I guess we covered that earlier, was um, fantastic. But look, you get through the cats this week. And this is to answer the second part of his question, what chance of going all the way. So you get through this week, saying they do, long shot, that you get through this week and then you're jumping from, obviously, yeah, Perth over the Gabba, then you've got the Lions at the Gabba, Brisbane, 
yes, we talked about Queensland, but they know, I mean, if you look at the ratings, actually more watched the Lions than they did the NRL. So they are on the Lions, at least, uh, and they've got to play them in a prelim and then win a grand final against either the Power, Tigers or the Saints, which is no easy feat. Um, I, I can't see them going all the way. I think, yeah, if this week... I think they're a fair chance, but yeah, I I don't know about all the way. Sorry, DJ, but uh, they they will not win this week. Yeah, you're holding firm this on is that. My word, they 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 just don't. The way they played and the amount of effort they put into that game, they're gonna they're just gonna drop. Their emotion will come down. Well, yeah, look, it was your classic you, you, you pies game. You have an emotional letdown yeah. after yeah. any sort of game like that. It was an absolute ripper and full credit to them, but you've just done the ultimate Saints look ahead. And you've been doing this for weeks. I, I haven't looked ahead at well, any other semis, I swear. If we can if we can just come up, we, we just we just get Geelong, and if Mason can just just take two marks and kick two goals, and then Brody can get on top in the ruck, because Geelong won't really have a ruckman. You know, if we can just do a couple of these things, we can get through that, and then we go to play Brisbane, and we have a great record against Brisbane in prime time. That's madness. Focus on going into this game and getting ahead at half time, and then your team might be able to do something. As a fan, I get it. You can sort of do it, and the Saints are masters of this. <laughs> this and is I know coming you've done from it. a Roos fan. 2014, 2015, you... the lid was off. You had already booked a ticket on Virgin to go over to... Uh to Perth and watch that prelim so you, you thought you were going to go over and see a win but anyway no look I am I am getting ahead but to be fair as well the Pies did beat the Cats during the year and they did beat them in the finals last year so they know how to play them I'm playing devil's advocate here but I think going all the way is not going to happen it won't be a Pies flag unfortunately DJ no no too many injuries um, they could be right in the mix next year having said that you've got Jeremy Howe coming back Adam Trelaw getting a bit more run under his legs. Look, yeah, they can good, certainly good bounce Good list profile at uh, the whole centre. Back from that. Uh, now, question number two. And, look, he didn't quite give a name. He just said he sits 24 rows back. Um, uh, bring it on in. All our fans sit in the 13th row. So if you've written in, you're in the 13th. We, we yeah. don't, don't be too shy. Just, uh, we can get you a better seat, yeah. mate. Just uh, just let us know when you're ready to, to finally venture back to the footy when we can. Loving the podcast. Really refreshing to hear a couple of new blokes in the AFL media. Well, it's, it's you're the first person outside of the two of us to refer to ourselves as being in the media. But when someone else starts talking about it, that makes it true. So we're officially in the media. I am already putting it on my resume. That will be on your LinkedIn in about <laughs> two hours. You've had some discussions regarding player movement. I'd really like to hear some discussion regarding coach movements, more specifically head coach First question, which coach is under the most heat heading into 2021 and who in your minds is the best available coach not currently in a head coaching position and who you think could come back as a head coach? can be assistant coaches or ex-coaches and he's thrown up Ross Lyon who his name does get pandied about ad nauseum when there's a coaching vacancy. Second question, do you continue to see a role for a tagger in the modern game? You've got zone defense implemented across every side. The thought is now the use of a tagger limits the effectiveness of the zone. Teams like Richmond like to have an extra player across half back. Um, he also likes Terry Wallace's idea that you shouldn't necessarily tag the most damaging player on the opposition side. Instead, go after a player who can impact and break down the opposition system. 
tagging Gaff on a wing or using a defensive thought. Your thoughts, Tom. Uh, you want to start with the coaches? Yeah, geez, and plenty I'll, to cover. I'll go first. Yeah. I will go first. Simple, Simon Goodwin. <laughs> oh, look, I, I was there happy to go first. But so he, much pressure. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. There is so much pressure on him to get them all the way to a prelim and to then have nothing. 17th and 9th. Like, if he doesn't deliver, he's gone. You, you've I given him half you, a season. I mean, gone. you've given him... If he has a poor opening month, he's no, in trouble. August, which is actually the last sort of four weeks of the year. Oh, so you give him a little Well, that's when he'll be gone by. The pressure will start after about week three when, you know, if, you, if they start 0-3, what's the media saying? Oh, it's head, it's back page every day for, for, yeah, until they, I guess, turn it around, yeah. whether that even happens. You've got Christian Petrarca in his absolute prime. Like, he's just nipping at the bud to get involved. And if he's not, like, if they're 0-3, lots of pressure. Um... Who do you think? Well, yeah, look, simple, Simon, that, that's fair. I think Leon Cameron at the Giants, I think he has had a fair stretch with them. Yes, they made a grand final, but they've really dropped off. And I guess if they continue to struggle, that's a downward trend. So they, they really need a breath of fresh air. His seat will be extremely hot, I would say. Um, yeah, just with the talent they've got there um, and just that, you know, striking in their window, it's not... I mean, it's closing, it's not opening. I guess they still have all those youngsters coming through, but they get trade shocked every week. They, I mean, every year, sorry, they lose a lot of players. I think, yeah, he needs to just work out what he wants his team to be and get them playing the way. Maybe get the players back, I don't know, after this year, you know, coming 10th, did he lose them a little? So, look, oh, yeah, Leon, Leon's mine. I mean, um, yeah... They're, they're probably the two standouts. I guess it'll be interesting to see sort of how your, uh, you know, your coaches who found it a little hard this year in, well, I guess, Runton at Essendon. It'll be interesting to see how he gets going at the start of the year. He's not necessarily hot as in under pressure, but just performing as a new coach. And I think, yeah, Reshaw will find the same, although maybe the Roos have a bit of chop out given they're rebuilding the joint. Can I throw up a left field name to this discussion? This is what we love. Uh, this is not based on anything I've heard. I'm just no. just thinking outside my uh, my box. If Geelong loses this week, Ooh. and they go out in straight sets, and then next year they're sitting tenth, is there pressure under Chris Scott? This that'll be this is his tenth year. Next year will be his eleventh. And yeah, that's that. He's got to like. I'm just saying, throwing the list profile like Ablett's out. Yes, yeah, so would so younger. Just about finished. Danger while still playing well isn't going to go around for probably much more than three or four years. Might the Cats do what they seem to think they're experts at and just try and move him on a little bit ahead of his time and try and... I don't know, if there was a if there was a coach in the market that, that was worthwhile jumping on, do you think they'd look at it? Look, they might consider it, I guess, from the point of view, and, and nothing against his, his coaching record, but just, yeah, that new voice, you know, just something different within the walls, I think, might appeal. They they haven't been known to make too many rash decisions of late, the Cats. I think, you know, they've been pretty measured. Well, they're very measured, basically, since, uh, well, really, Bomber Thompson came on in, in, what was it, the turn of the millennium basically before that they were, you know they well they've been solid really but I'm thinking before that they had Gary Ayres in there and Malcolm Blight so they really haven't had that many coaches really since the AFL came in as a concept so it, it'd be a, a bit of a turn for them but it, it could be effective I'm with you if they're sitting 10th you know I think 
that shows that he's probably gotten all the juice he can out of the current lists and, and it's time for something new. But yeah, that <laughs> I really don't just mind a, that. Just a left field name. Now, he also wanted to just throw up a couple of coaches who could take on the head coach role. I, I think Ross Lyon can coach. I'd have no objections to him coming to my club. You maybe slightly no, differently no. for obvious Gets reasons. Results. I think there's a famous photo of someone you know quite well in the paper telling Ross where to go. Um, <laughs> That's actually framed, that one, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it is. Uh, Gary Ayres can coach. He's been coaching down in Port Melbourne in the VFL Man, doing well. an outstanding job. Um, Choco Williams? Yep. But don't know why he's not getting a second go. Michael Voss? I think he's throwing yeah, his name that's up. Yeah, that's but a big one. Vossy. I don't think he was that terrible up there at Brisbane. I just think the way... I think the way he sold it to the board was we're going to be up here... And that was not at all what ended up happening, and he sort of had to fall on his sword. Um, as far as assistance around the league... Yeah, well, I mean, I mean I've, I've got one. a couple I can throw in the mix. So you, you've got to look at coaches that I guess have, have tried out for, you know, vacancies and haven't been successful. They're they're real close. You, you think you're Scott Burns. Um, he, he's usually in the mix. And Adam Uze, he's another one coming through. Um, you know, he, he went for the Adelaide Parker. job and just fell short. In terms of the second chance coaches, I mean, Justin Lepich has done a fair apprenticeship at Richmond. I think he, he could be worth a second chance. I, I know he sort of lost the Lions there at the end there, but, I mean, he's he's got all that sort of defensive nous that clubs are liking, so... Did he have the Lions at any point in his coaching tenure? Uh, arguable, but, I mean, he's just gone to a highly successful program and really added to his CV. If a cl- I'm, not, I'm not saying... He, I think he, came but... from, he came from Richmond. He, came, he was yeah, assistant coach back, so, yeah, got the but, job up there. So, like, once he picked up now that he didn't know before. Well, obviously, you know, we're not picking the Ruse next coach here. So, but, I mean, he's a, I think he's a good footy name. I, I liked uh, Michael Voss. I think that was a good one. Um, just a shout-out, actually, to the Ruse for picking up uh, John Blake, Blakely, uh, Blakey, sorry. Um, I thought of Connor Blakely there. He's in my head. Blakey. Um, yeah. He, he'll be he'll be good as an assistant. I think maybe a little bit old to take a head gig, but um, he'll he'll be good for you up there. But uh, I'm hoping our uh, mailbagger will take those coaches on board. Maybe asking that question, thinking his side might need to look at one of them. So we'll keep it on that. Doesn't actually doesn't actually mention his side, Tom. Uh, but but he, that's he probably is sitting there worried about which. He's probably sitting sitting there worried about, and that's hence the question. His second one about taggers. Now, I absolutely think taggers have a role in the modern game, and I think there was a great example on the weekend of Jaron Geary trying to tag Caleb Daniel. Now, Caleb Daniel still had an influence, but Jaron Geary being able to kick a couple of goals Jeez, it was a and great, just have an impact the other way. Game, wasn't it? Is he captain? <laughs> you know that. Jeez. We've had many a debate on who uh, is better as a captain Geary or Zeeble I think Geary's put the daylight between them but anyway no I'm with you as well I think the tagger isn't dead I think they're getting more creative if anything yeah as we're seeing with these sort of positional ones and yeah like you mentioned Scaff on a wing just those I guess not outside the box but really knowing what drives a team I guess and and really just picking it apart and, and just nailing down. I, I think the days of I guess the older Anthony Franchina tag of I'm just not going to touch the ball and you're not going to touch the ball. I think those kind of days are getting a little thin. Maybe Ben Jacobs might have something to say about that but um, 
I think you also have to create and you also have to have an influence. You can't be, I guess, a, a blank magnet and not touch it yourself. So there's that balancing game. But I don't think the tag is dead. Tell, um, can you tell the listeners who Anthony Franchina played for? Yeah, so he played for the Carlton Football Club. Uh, I guess that was his calling. He, he was your blanket tagger. He wouldn't touch it, and neither would you. Um, not sure if he played in the... I think he might have actually played in the 99 granny sauce, so uh, get get the tape out and have a watch of that. But, uh, yeah, he was known for that back in the day. Um, I guess more recent examples, maybe you think of your Ryan Crowley and, and Lingy and, yeah, like I said, uh, Benny Jacobs for one, for you, Seb. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think tagging's dead. Um, I, I just think it's getting more creative. What do you reckon, mate? Yeah, I think one of the things that teams are trying to do and sometimes they're getting themselves unstuck is with the zone defense is at the stoppages, we won't tag him, but then once he gets out of the stoppage, we will try and tag him. And that can sometimes get the players lost in the sense of, I'm not tagging him, I'm not tagging him yet, the ball's gone over here, I've got to tag him now. And that that's just a lot harder to do than saying, right, you go to him and you sit on him. Um, you know, Danger's gonna he's gonna play well, you go and sit on him. Just sit on him. I don't care what you do. Um, but Manny DeBoer's done an excellent yeah, job for the I Giants agree. doing that. Um, so I, I don't think it's dead, but I think I think teams are sort of playing uh, as as was mentioned, a much more a team zone style of defence, and sometimes that just doesn't allow for a tagger. And that's when fans start to go, Wait, why aren't we tagging him? He's carving us up. And the worry is if we send someone to him, everything else falls apart. Suddenly you've got three, four, five guys off the chain. You know, you've got your players like uh, Jack Darling, Mason Wood, um, all those, Majacek, the third, fourth, fifth forwards who don't sort of get the attention. Suddenly they get off the chain and they get some confidence and then they can, that's when they become dangerous. They're actually not as dangerous without the confidence. Um that's just one of those well, things. Yeah, I guess another um, point to add, I guess, on, on that tagging as well is trying to lose... You know, we do see teams try and lose a tagger by sending someone forward. I think, yeah, you mentioned Danger. Dusty's another one. Sending them forward. I guess maybe to a degree, Paddy Cripps as well. Sending them forward just, just to get them some ball and just get them out of that midfield heat because they're being tagged. So we do see that a fair bit as well. We sure do. We sure do. Now, it's time for my... Uh, Second favourite segment of this week. Uh, we're going to preview the two games very, very quickly. Uh, we've got first game Friday night. Do you want to? Do you want to take this one, or do you want me to give a no, no? Look, I'm happy to it? take it. Obviously, yeah. Like we like we've spoken about. <laughs> I'm more than happy to take anything, uh, Saints. Um, no, as we as we spoke about, it is going to be interesting to see. You, you mentioned the Pies playing their grand final. Whether or not there will be that letdown for the Saints as well. Very exciting for a very young group. How they're going to cope with that? I think. Um, the, I, I Friday night footy against the reigning premiers. True. It doesn't get much bigger than that. Throw in win or go home NBA style. True. I know. Like, I, I I hear everything that. is on the line. Correct. Like, but I, I do take a bit of growth out of the fact that we had that in the last game of the year. We had to beat the Giants to make it, and then you know you can't do much more than win an elimination. So we're learning as we go, building that momentum. But as we talked about. Uh, Paddy Ryder is a enormous loss. That was a bit of our uh, trump card. And you might not have thought this, but Jake Carlisle down back is actually a loss too. He he was in really, really good touch uh, in the last couple of games. And 
we actually have sort of struggled in the last few years to contain Jack Rewalt. He seems to work his way off the chain, particularly against the Saints. Don't know if he's trying to show off his cousin or not, but he, he seems to get loose and know how to kick a bag against us. So, look, we... Uh, sorry, we... The Saints... Uh, <laughs> Little slip there. Uh, no, the Saints will have to look at how they played earlier in the year. It was a while back uh, at the start of the year when they gave the Tigers a bit of a touch-up on Marvel, obviously using their, their pace there and quick ball movement. Whether or not they can translate that into a contested uh, finals footy will be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I guess Saints again young in that back line, how they're going to cope there. And just stopping that Tigers drive off the, off the half-back, I think... One issue that I was getting frustrated with when the uh, Saints were playing the Dogs was just, uh, you know, the Dogs taking it out of our forward line a little bit too easier than I would have liked. And you've got Short and Vloston there for the Tig. So maybe Geary goes to one of them. I'm not sure, but uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a great contest. Uh, are we doing are we doing margins, or we'll get to that later when I guess we get to the uh, underdog tipping? But what do you think for this game, Seb? Uh, this won't be a secret, but I think the Tigers will win and win comfortably. They won't win by necessarily a huge margin, but I think it'll be one of those games where they're in control most of the night. Um, I'll put that down to a lot of factors. It's going to be Dewey, the games in Queensland. Um, that's going to suit their style a little bit more. They have the finals experience. They could get into trouble if they take you too lightly. I think that is one way they could get into trouble. Their supporters will certainly take you very lightly because that's what they like to do. Um, but I think... I'd say a bridge too far for the Saints. But, look, all you need is a good first quarter. Jump out of the gates, kick four goals to one. You're in the game, and then it's a game where anything can happen. So, I think... I'd say reach for about three to four goals... But I think they'll be in control most of the night. Having said that, Tom, in your roadmap to the Saints flag, you you can see yourself winning this, can't you? Uh, a man can dream, and yeah, I've thought about how we win this one and then go and touch Adelaide up, uh, Port Adelaide up. I mean, we did beat Richmond earlier in the year and we've beaten Port Adelaide as well. So if you're, I'm being honest, yes, I have dreamt, but then you've got to also think week to week. Uh, so... You can't do much more for the Saints fans listening. Uh, Seb also tipped the dogs last week. So I think, you know, maybe maybe just give the Saints a little bit of an out. But I think it will be a tough one for us. Uh, it's Look, it's going to be a cracking contest. I'm hoping for a, another final. Obviously a Saints win. But uh, moving on to the next game, which which we looked at a little bit uh, in DJ Broadswords, uh, Mailbag, um, Pies versus the Cats. These two teams know each other. They have played a stack of finals against each other throughout history, really, but particularly in recent history. Um, I think after the game, Pendles mentioned he always seems to play the Eagles or the Cats, and the stats back that up. I think he's played them four times each. Um, yeah, whether or not Collingwood can get that lightning in a bottle to strike again, I guess the midfield battle is where it's going to where it's going to start. I guess Collingwood could probably take a, a slight edge in there, probably to underrate the Cats there, but... Um, I guess I'm just going to be interested to see whether the Pies forwards can do it again, take those half chances. Dugowie, you know, took that unbelievable snap, looked at dash proppy, maybe a little bit underdone. Whether he's better for the run or he saw, I don't know. Obviously, yeah, how does Mason Cox go again? Um, look, the the Cats will be smarting. They, they will be bitter after losing that one. I know if you watch Chris Scott's press conference, they hate this finals 
uh, monkey on their back and they usually do bounce back in this semi. I know their first week's not great, but they have made that many prelims, so they know how to bounce back. So I'll be interested to see that side of it there. Uh, Myers, Rowan and Ablett didn't trouble the scorers, so I don't think that'll happen again. Um, and yeah, just, just how that back line will go. Shout out to Lockie Henderson, who had a good game, by the way. Yeah, I was, I was I was surprised watching Lockie Henderson run around. I haven't watched enough of the Cats to realise he's still on an AFL list, third club. Yeah, still ticking. Um, I mean, he's probably jumped ahead. I, I think um, Harry Taylor looked a, a little slower ooh. than Lockie, so, you know, maybe he's on the way out too, but prove me wrong, probably he's HT3. Um, but Yeah, look, I've already gone into it, but I don't see the, uh, the Collingwood Football Club striking lightning in a bottle twice. Um they're just they played so well last week they geared them up for that game um, they're going to have an emotional letdown and then look Geelong will be absolutely frothing at the bit to get into this game and just hit it and hit it hard um, I, I honestly I'm just trying to think who I can see upsetting where they are I, I actually see the Saints more likely to upset than the Pies the odds don't back that up but that's how I see it in the two games. I just think Richmond could have that air of false false sense of security and they can also rest on their laurels a little bit more having won two of the last three flags whereas a lot of this Geelong team haven't won one. Like We think of them as this great team that won three flags but they haven't won since 2011 so there's been a bit of turnover since then. Um, I, I just don't... The, the other issue Collingwood are going to have I just don't see where the goals are going to come from um, they proved me wrong on the weekend I didn't see all those goals coming um, but I don't see where the goals are going to come from this weekend I'd say Cats by about 30 I'd say 34 points 34 points in the shortened Size. quarter that's, that's a that's a whacking yeah so let's just get this out of the way underdog tipping you got Brisbane yeah which you've hit. Hits, it puts me in front good weekend all round You've hit the lead. Um, in my actual tipping, I tipped all four losers, so that's how well I'm, I'm travelling. Um, who, which, which? Are, you've got the Saints or the or the Pies? Who are you backing in? Now, you surely, surely it's going to be the Saints. You're now, just going to think you're going to roll. Most of the listeners here would think, "Oh, he's a shoe in to pick the Saints," but I'm actually going to not pick the Saints because I want you, what? I want you, Seb, to follow the Saints and wish for the upset so you can come back and win. You're behind now, given that I snuck by with the line. So, look, I'm going to take Collingwood, who I think are a really good chance as an upset, uh, and leave you with the Saints. So you can, you can. Uh, I've got many a spare scarf, mate. If you want to jump on on Friday and go for that upset, so I'll take the prize. Oh, that's, that's fine. That's fine. I'm on. I'm on the Saints. Oh, geez, um, that feels good to I, hear you say that. I, I can't lose. <laughs> I get I get the tip, or I get to review how the Saints lost the game. I can't lose this. Welcome to the wagon. Mate. Fantastic. Welcome to the wagon. Now, let's let's go into the rumour mill very quickly. We'll, we'll burn through a few. What Have you got any for me? Uh, just just some quick ones off the top. Um, I'm hearing Paddy McCartan, who's who's gotten into a bit of fitness, uh, fitness regime. He's on the up, and he's looking at going to Sydney to join his brother, I'm hearing. So... Uh, I know there's a few Victorian clubs interested as well, but I think the lure of family might uh, get him over the line. And I guess who isn't going to Geelong, so I'm just going to add another to the list. Big uh, Toddy Goldstein, 
Uh, I know the Ruse recently offered him money and a contract, but I think the lure of a, a flag and maybe one last go for the Cats might get Goldie out of Arden Street and over down the highway to the Cats. So just a couple of short, sharp ones from me. What about you, Seb? You've, you've done a bit yeah, of Yeah, right. Oh, well, I've heard McCartan to, I think it was one of Geelong, Collingwood or Melbourne. Oh, yeah? Uh, not not Sydney. That's that's news to me. Uh, Goldstein will stay at North. He, he won't leave. He won't leave. Higgins is the one who is feeling the pull for winning that flag. Um, there's a lot of talk around that in Geelong with the draft capital to, to probably sway a little bit. Um, Joey Danaher to Brisbane. Braden Pruce to GWS. He finally picked a team without a number one ruckman <laughs> yeah, to get some opportunity. Crazy decision. Jeez, the air's thin up there. Um, Melbourne are throwing up Alex Neil Bullen into discussions for trade. They're yeah. sort of just... They're trying to improve their list and they're sort of saying, right, well, here's someone who might have some currency. Let's throw him up. Yeah, I was going to say, because he's frustrated D's fans, but he has shown some signs on field as well. Uh, I think he's kicked a couple of bags in his time. And when I say bag, I mean four goals, three or four goals. Probably not a bag, but uh, anyway, yeah, he's shown flashes. Modern day bag. Uh, Ben Brown to the Saints is getting real momentum. How do you feel? I'm wondering if he... Destination uh, club. Destination club. I'm wondering if he gets a game in our forward line. But uh, no, no, look, you, you take talent. You take talent. So we find a way to squeeze him in. Uh, but yeah, look, that, that's interesting. I still think he's heading potentially up to Sydney. But look, I'll see what happens there. They can't fit him in up there, can they? They're already paying Buddy 1.2 or something. Oh, is it, I think Buddy might have a little bit of... Uh, he had front-ending, didn't he? Or is it was it back-ended? I can't Did remember he? off the oh, top. Um, um, I'm not sure. Look, I'm they got buddies, no so they'll find a way to sneak him into the cap. Uh, and these are a couple of, couple of little ones, little nibbles. Paddy Cripps is looking to go home to WA. Jeez. WA boy, so not not surprising. Surely, oh, well, I was going to say... Freo. Freo. I was going to say the Eagles probably couldn't fit him in. After, after yeah. Freo. That, get the fr- and Alex Rance... A lot of talk he might be looking to pull them back on to just supplement his income a little bit go around next year. Jeez, there you go. Just uh, Well, 2020's been been tough, so you don't know what he's up to. But, uh, yeah, look, considering that one, there, there's, a, there's a little scoop. That's a rumour mill. Don't hold us to it. Don't hold us to it. But they're just what we're hearing, ear-to-the-ground style we, well, that, that's we roll. It. Don't hold us to it. But if you've got your own, send them in uh, 12 row, at 12 rows back. Instagram or Twitter, we want you on there, or sending through the mailbag as well, back at gmail.com. Send, send us your material, because we'd also love to read out uh, s- some material from the uh, listeners. I thought you were going to ask for some fan art then, Tom. Yeah, draw us a picture. <laughs> look, if they want to, if you want to, go for it. Oh, we Look, we'll, we'll post it. Oh, my word, we will. Anything that comes in, we read out or we engage with. Um, that's it. That, it's been a huge... Huge first week of the Quite finals. Sneaky. Just a couple of stats of the weekend, just just to uh, to leave out. Just a couple of ones off yeah. the top, just quickly. Um, Saints and Tigers, we mentioned last week, haven't been in the same final since 73. It's also the last time we played in a final, so that's a fair time uh, between drinks. Uh, to dive, actually, outside of the AFL world uh, overnight, Man U and Liverpool were just whacked. Liverpool 7-2. Uh, Man U 6-1, they both lost. That's never happened on the same day in the history of the sport. So there's one there. And 
Just one last drive-by to finish on. So with the Saints and Brisbane winning, it means that now every club has won a final since 2013, except for the Suns and the Bombers. So we just move the dial there. 2013 is the major point of every team winning a final. So come on, Suns and Dons fans next year, break it, and then we'll all be up to date. That's all from me, Seb. Who breaks the monkey first? It's a fair question. I think the team up north might be a slight chance, but maybe we save that for uh, for next week, Seb. That, that's not a bad one, actually. That's 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 trickier than save I would Save it for next week. Yep, yep, a question without notice. Um, well, look, that is now all from us. I don't have any great statistical knowledge to pass on your way. Um, I will say, watch out for us. 12, hashtag 12 rows back. We'll be live tweeting these finals. Magnificent. No, we will. We definitely will. <laughs> he, looked, I, he looked very worried then, I'm very like, worried that he was going to uh... maybe have to do something in the Saints game. No, 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 <laughs> please leave it. Please leave it. Um, I think everyone knew at about 8 o'clock on Saturday night when you tweeted out what a round it's been that that was you uh, yeah, celebrating. That might have been me being as kind as I could because, uh, yeah, I wanted to shout off the rooftops that we won that. But, look, I, I think I've been all right in this app, haven't I, said for, for the, I've kept kept it pretty in check as a Saints fan. You know, yep. we cover all teams on this show, so doing do my best. It's a great week for the next one.